Chapter 1. The Vision My mother named me Amethyst Star Dancer Linden because she wanted me to grow up to be a witch like her. She got her wish, and I got a weird name. One of the upsides of being a witch? Lots of holidays. Right now, it was Mobbin, which I suppose if you're a non-witch person, you would call the end of September. Mobbin is one of the high holy sabbats in witchcraft. The coven gathers together and does rituals of gratitude and eats things like oat cakes and love potion stew, my mother's recipe. And Sandy inevitably gets into the rum and Emily talks about her ex-husband a lot. And Tammy ends up on the living room floor, trying to hear the spirits speak to her. In other words, it was just a totally normal day in my mom's house. Or at least it would have been a totally normal day if we weren't having the argument for the 12 millionth time this week. You can't move, said mom, brandishing about her wine glass filled with grape juice. She never drinks on sabbats because she says the alcohol makes her feel less focused on the magic at hand. Sandy vehemently disagrees with that philosophy and always drinks double. Mom, I said, dragging out the syllable with a sigh. We have been over this literally moving. Our amethyst moving. That's Nancy, mom's best friend, coven leader, head librarian, and founder of the East Lionsville Feminist Committee. She talks about rituals in empowerment terms and invokes Susan B. Anthony's ghost when asked to name her personal goddess. Sweetheart, it's about time, she said, leaning over the table and patting my shoulder. I was wondering when you'd grow some ovaries. I mean, you're 30 and living in your mother's house. She tut-tutted and gave me a judgmental smile. I shook my head and rolled my eyes, though I cringed inside. I was already painfully aware that living with my mother at the age of 30 kind of made me look like a loser to the rest of society. Thanks, Nan, I groaned. No, I'm serious, Catherine, Nan said, turning to my mom and punctuating her words with a finger stabbing at the sky. You're stunting her growth by letting her live with you. She has to set sail into the great wide world. She has to stay until she decides what she wants to do with her life, said mom firmly, shaking her head. She has no clue. It's perfectly lovely having a grocery store job, and that gives her a chance to figure out her life, make the right choices. Look at me, standing right next to you, where I can hear every word you're saying. I smiled tiredly and cocked my head to the side. Sweetheart, another six months. Decide your life path and then seize it. Mom put her arm around my shoulder and steered me toward the living room. She's not really that dismissive. Mostly, she listens. But the last time I brought up the fact that life in East Lionsville was sort of stifling me, she'd finally begun to realize that I was serious about leaving, not just her house, but leaving East Lionsville for good. Still, she was right. The matriarch of East Lionsville was always right. I didn't know what I wanted to do with my life, I had stayed in college until they'd practically kicked me out. I was tired of academics, and I had been at the grocery store job my mom just mentioned for about six months now. Six months, and I still had no clue what I wanted to be when I grew up, and newsflash, I'd grown up a long while ago. I'd almost been diagnosed with a lifetime miasma. For heaven's sake, how difficult was it to find an open-minded girlfriend in East Lionsville who wouldn't hightail it away when she found out that her lover was a witch? Answer? Really? really difficult. 
and one of the major reasons I had to leave. East Lyonsville had a grand total of three resident lesbians. Mandy Patter, who I dated in my first year of high school and who had later decided she only liked the boyish girls and who may or may not have broken my heart. Katie Donaldson, who I dated my entire senior year of high school and who had had a terrible obsession with college football. And Carrie Bernard, who had just recently dumped me for Mandy Patter, who had probably decided that ladylike ladies may be her taste after all. So I'd pretty much run out of romantic options. I just needed to leave. I'd spent my entire life in this tiny town. I knew every crack in the sidewalk, every man, woman, and child, and I was desperate for something, well, something I couldn't even name. I didn't have a plan. I just knew it was time for me to go. Mom directed me into the living room. 